0: Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Damon Burton, the founder of SEO National, who help big and small clients kind of make more from their content. So this week, we're going to be talking about if AI is going to take your content marketing job, is Alexa going to fire you? Thanks for downloading. If you listen to the AI gurus on LinkedIn, then all our jobs are going to go very soon, like next week, because of AI and ChatGPT and everything else AI. It's almost like a cult, isn't it? It's very odd, very strange. Uh, So this week, AI is going to be put into perspective by Damon Burton, the founder of SEO National. He's been featured in publications like Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, BuzzFeed. Damon knows his stuff. We've had Damon on the podcast before. Uh, We talk AI content creation, ideation, and if Google are ready for the massive influx of AI generated content. Now you can find Damon on his website and Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube, the full pack there. And uh, don't forget to check out his free SEO book. There's lots of links. In the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad-free? Love it if you could give the pod a shout on social media. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Damon was if we're all doomed, is AI going to be taking our marketing job? Oh, man.
1: Um, so the, the thing with AI is, well, well it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting question because, with AI at the at the moment it seems like there's two sides one is um it's a gold rush and the other side is this is going to destroy the world yeah and um i think there's a a happy medium somewhere in between and so i usually take the uh, i play devil's advocate in this discussion because the majority of the time the discussion is the gold rush side and i think there is an interesting thought process to be had about the reality of this And so first of all, I understand why AI is attractive and people romanticize about it. There is a lot of leverage you can benefit from it. So yes, it's cool, go do all those things. But I also think what's important is that you know what unknowns you're walking into. Uh, I'm less concerned about it dooming the world um, than I am in the immediate potential liabilities that Mm. come with it. Um, Because uh, if you think about in the context of how most people refer to ai nowadays it's mostly content creation and asset yeah. creation and things yeah. like that so my hesitation yeah. or where i encourage other people to ha- have a healthy dose of reality is you know who who owns the rights to the content and do you yeah. own the rights to distribute it and the chances are it's not you and the reason why is because you didn't create it what you did is you input prompts into a technology or a tool that then yeah. created it for you so as i've been preaching these well i don't want to say preaching these things because it's not like i'm saying don't you say i but as i've been advocating people to ha recognize that there's another side to this um, everybody's been a lot of people have been turning a blind eye and going you know i can automate everything mm-hmm. and then at the expense of some quality control right and and so i have, that that's where my initial concern was was quality control at scale yeah and as i talked about that i said who's going to own the rights legislation will probably come out and, and as I've said these things now, it's happening. So fast forward, I think the this big gold rush, um, started to kick in at, at the fourth quarter of 2022. And at the time of recording this, it's, um, you know, we just finished the second quarter of 2023. And so in just six to eight months, we've gone from rapid adoption to now, Litigation is just barely starting, yeah, yeah. and if we look back in the last couple of months, Italy banned it entire AI entirely they did, temporarily. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they reinstated it, and then now we have the huge advocates. I mean, Elon Musk and all these big tech people that you would think are behind it, and you know they are in some respects. Even they said, "Hold on, maybe we should do a six-month moratorium and figure this out." And then ChatGPT just had a three billion dollar lawsuit initiated against them. Yeah. In the U.S., the FTC just came knocking and said, "Hold on, you know, are you?" I can't remember the word they used, but it was like sucked and ingested or something like that. Just consumed yeah, yeah. the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And so, by proxy, you can be liable too. So I don't think the immediate concern is are we doomed, but I think that where business owners and entrepreneurs, their immediate concern should be is understanding what the potential liabilities are. And that's not to say don't use it, just sure. ha- have a, a reasonable recognition of what you may be setting yourself up for yeah, down the road.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's very good. I don't know whether my expectations are too high, um, but I don't think what it generates is particularly very good. It, it's poor. Um in content and and in words, in the way it describes things, the way it writes, it's very bland. It's very, even when you ask it to create things in certain voices, it, I still find it quite. I, I don't find it particularly natural in, in any way, and it's also quite wrong. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick one. Um, I've, I've just been. I've spent about the last three hours today, um, coding this little application for a client to connect one system to another system, and it's it's in an area of code that I don't. I haven't been in for like. Probably twenty years, so I'll go check GPT to write me a few snippets. Thought that'll mm-hmm. do. And it's just wrong. It's just right I'd have been better off just going straight to the manual because it was just plain wrong. <laughs> well,
1: I agree, and the, and there is an element of quality control. So that's where where we talk about quality control at scale. Yeah. And so where for the reasons you mentioned, we haven't fully adopted it in content creation. So where we'll use it is content ideation to go sure. is there any other idea are there any other ideas that we had not thought of on this topic but when you have the so the difference between the uh, the mass adoption of it and and this is kind of a generalized statement and this mm. doesn't apply to everybody but that there's a huge difference in quality over quantity and speed over quality and, and so a lot of people aren't at the level of profession that you may be or that I may be or Mm. other agency owners may be so they don't know the difference they don't know what they don't know so they're not exposed to that that gap in quality control so if you were to take and have generally no experience in content creation then all of a sudden you can create content at scale and you don't have a before to compare the after against it probably looks amazing
0: but well, that's you, kind of worrying in a way because if we, if we get into a situation where we rely on, on this stuff to create the content, we'll, we'll in the future we'll never know what good content actually is.
1: Well, there, right there is the opportunity, and yeah. so the opportunity is in storytelling and quality control. Yeah, and so we talk about I think it's obvious what the opportunity in AI is, but the opportunity in I don't want to say the Lack of AI or an intentional uh, lack of adoption, but somewhere in between where you were before on the one side and extreme AI adoption on the other side, somewhere in between is a beautiful opportunity to leverage AI for ideation, but mm. still maintain your manual input. You, know, you said one thing where it's like it takes so much time to input the prompts, edit edit, edit, edit yeah. edit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, And so for the same reason, we still manually copyright. So I still have a team of 20 or 30 copywriters. We will use AI to go maybe point us in a new direction that we hadn't thought of or give us some different variation of a pathway. But from there, there's an art to storytelling. And if you think about all the different improvements in technology and marketing over the years, the, the one thing that the major brands, why they always stay on top pick any major brand you you can think of i don't know i'm just gonna make something a coca-cola mcdonald's whatever yeah they're always telling stories oh yeah and so that's your opportunity is if you if you don't lean in excessively to where ai becomes a crutch and you effectively inadvertently become lazy if you still maintain that manual personality there's a lot of opportunity to be had in creating a loyal audience because a loyal audience follows brands and brands don't die when they tell stories
0: yeah so i ideation how do you how how are you using AI to help you with with ideas and and sending you in a in a different direction that you maybe not have thought of
1: so the for the listeners my my background is an SEO agency mm. owner, and so we focus on. Improving the visibility of of websites and brands on search engines for words that they can monetize. Yeah, and So part of when you write a story to You're basically improving the credibility of a website to get Google to position you as an authority higher than your competition Mm. and so when you tell a story or answer a question or solve a pain point then that's that's what we're going for and so a lot of these other SEO agencies they go for quantity. And so yeah. it's like, I'm going to write 10 articles a, a week yeah. or 10 articles yeah, yeah, yeah. a day, just insane numbers. Yeah. And, and we take the opposite approach. We go, we're going to write one a week, yeah. maybe one every two weeks. Yeah. Because instead of us just throwing mud at the wall and going one out of a hundred is going to hit, yeah. we want to take a strategic approach and go, well, hopefully three out of four hit. Yeah. And so where AI comes in is what are the pain points that we are not immediately familiar with, with a specific industry? Right. And so everybody knows something and, you know, maybe between your hobbies or your profession, you're more educated on a certain industry than another, but then you have all these other industries that you know little to nothing about. And sure. so you can make assumptions, but those assumptions don't necessarily line up with the deep pain points of the mm-hmm. buyers in that industry. And so you can use AI and other data and research tools to say, You know, tell me about this type of person with this type of characteristics and what are the types of things that they ask. And so what we're looking for is instead of us just writing content for the sake of SEO, we're writing content that solves a problem. And then the way that benefits the audience and then our customers is if we can get in front of the right customer that in front of buyer intent that has existing demand instead of guessing what they're asking Google mm. about then mm. we can position those those websites directly in front of the customers that are already on the the buying journey and so using AI helps us to better understand the world of an audience to, more intimately so then we can go how do we serve them better
0: Yeah I like that that's clever that is so yeah that, that so, so you're not necessarily using it for the actual creation of the content you're not even outlining or anything like that with it
1: Mm -mm. no no it's just to help us familiarize ourselves with the audience um so it's a research tool yeah so we don't use it for the actual content output
0: Yeah, that's cool i like that um where do you see ai never ever being able to help
1: ever i'm gonna if i had to pick one i i would say in uh driving cars Aligning emotionally, <laughs> no, not driving cars. You, you know what's funny is I, um, I I do what I call day trips with my kids. Yeah. And so every every couple weeks I, I have three kids and I rotate between them and I let them pick, you know, somewhere within a two hour flight that yeah. I can just go spend some one on one time with them for you know a, a weekend. And we're only about a, a one hour flight from Las Vegas. Right. And when we were in Las Vegas the last couple of times, there were these vehicles driving around that were just loaded with cameras like awkwardly loaded it wasn't like the google maps vehicles where you kind of see a crown on the top of the vehicle with with 360 camera this one was like a rig it was literally a rig it was blatantly excessive like numbers and counts of cameras and all all sorts of angles and then i remember talking to my kids going i wonder what that is and then 2 3 months later I was on LinkedIn and I recognized the name uh of uh, the that was featured on the side of the car and it is an AI um driving platform that Amazon created. Right. And it was a driverless car. Now driverless right. cars aren't new, but this was a commercialized version for a taxi system. Yeah, yeah. 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 So th- no, that answers <laughs> that. So it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. Well, so, so, uh, so where's
0: it never going to help us?
1: I, I, at the level of quality control that you and I are talking about yeah. and and the care of intimacy of aligning a brand with buyer intent, I think it's going to be really hard for AI to match emotional connections. It will right. get better. And right now it can even get close based on how good or bad you engineer the prompts. Right now that's the biggest gap is your efficient use of prompts. Like I was just having a a conversation um, just two days ago with a, a young 21 year old entrepreneur I've been mentoring and, and he's been talking about AI in the sense that we talked about using it for ideation. Hmm. And he says, yeah, I've been getting better at it. And he gave me some examples of a prompt he used to use before and how he's Hmm. improved it now. But one thing he said was the example was, tell me, he was writing articles about a town and he said, tell me something cool about the town. And I, cut him off right there, and I paused him, and I said, but what does cool mean? Yeah. And, and it's up for interpretation, and so your output from these tools are going to be as good, as bad as the input, and you have to treat it like a five-year-old. that doesn't have the context uh, of of these sayings and slang and meanings and words that we may use casually day-to-day. Day. You have to educate it what the thing means and then tell it what you want from that thing, but even then, it's really hard to to put into words, you know, it's just like asking a marketer to say, make me go viral.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: What does that mean and how do you engineer that? And so it's the same thing with AI, like make me an emotional post. Yeah. You can try, but there's always going to be a disconnect.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's going to be like a, I don't know, in the future, but we're going to look at it as, as, you know, what was that thing called Microsoft had? Clippy. Oh, so did you remember Clippy? I mean, it's probably Oh yeah, the little animation. Yeah, the little yeah. Yeah, it's like a like a Clippy on speed or something. It's like total, you know, turbo speed. Somebody I mean, brought that back. There
1: there is a tool that that brought him back and it's an AI. God. I just saw it the other it's week. An yeah. AI.
0: Oh god. <laughs> Terrifying. Um because, I mean, I, th- I threw a load of stuff at it the other day and, and it put it in alphabetical order for me and, and it just saved me opening up a spreadsheet and messing around with it. It was really clever. It was really good at doing that. Do you think we'll use, in the future, we'll probably use it more for that type of thing? It, it'll sh- for sure be a productivity time saver.
1: Mm. Um, where I'm curious if it evolves or not evolves into is there's a big demand for personal assistance. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos was quoted in an article a couple of weeks ago saying, or, or actually no, it was Bill Gates. And he was saying whoever wins the race to the AI personal assistant is going to be who ends Google and ends Amazon. Yeah. And you'll never need to go to a search engine again. And that's, I don't know about that because I get what he's saying. Hmm. Because what he's saying is if you had a personal assistant in your house and you could just say, tell me the thing or buy me the thing, you'd never have to go ask for the thing and log yeah. on to purchase the thing. But the part for me where I'm curious, you know, maybe given enough time, 50 to 100 years, maybe it starts to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen in the next 10 to 20 years is I don't think people are going to adopt this creepy AI assistant living in your house. Yeah. Um, it sounds amazing, but it's, it's, going,
0: to ha- yeah, it's going to have to take new generations. Yeah, there's a lot of this sort of stuff, which which kind of like has never, never appeared. I always remember, I don't know whether it was about 2010, 11, 12, something like like that. Google, um one of their one of their big big kind of like shows, they they uh they did this thing where, where their AI would phone phone the hairdressers and book you an appointment of the hairdressers. They'd look at your oh. Google calendar, figure out where it was and it would talk to the hairdresser and say and, hairdresser, and it and it would do that. And like that was like well, probably ten years ago when that when that was demonstrated. And oh. we're not using that. And it's because it probably doesn't work very well, right? Mm-hmm there's a
1: there's a disconnect and then there's also an element of education hmm. um it, it and then there's just i think it's a balance of realistic use um adoption of use learning curves but for me even if the technology was amazing i th- there's also uh privacy and then yeah. um yeah. A sense of intimidation or you know, I I wouldn't feel comfortable with some awkward thing. It, uh, it, at least, uh, right? We don't know what we don't know, and so the current yeah. vision of an AI assistant is this robotic, rubbery-faced looking thing, and I don't see that evolving anytime soon to to mimic a reality or a human. Interaction that's uh, inter, an interaction that's close enough to a natural human engagement yeah. that people would ad- adopt it at mass scale. Yeah,
0: yeah. So on the on the SEO side of it, which which is obviously where you specialize, uh, do you think Google and Bing are ready for the influx of millions of pieces of AI-generated content?
1: Yes and no. Mm. Um, yes, because this is not new. Mm. Uh, the the idea of uh, content at scale because this sure. has been an issue uh, um, for for years. A, a really easy example is Google came out with an algorithm update in 2011 called Panda mm. that focused on quality content because what was happening back then and still happens now just in different forms is um, duplicate content and mm. a, a method called s- scraping and spinning. Yeah. And so there were tools that would just basically scrape, which means to go Uh, capture content that exists on another website and then spin it, which would mean swap out the synonyms and shuffle around the paragraphs and sentences. Mm. And in theory, that creates a piece of content that hits all the main important bullet points, but now it's in a different order. Mm. And so it's less likely Google will identify it as existing content. And so therefore you get rewarded as some sort of original author. Mm. So way back then, I mean, we're talking 11 years ago, Google came out with an algorithm update that worked really well because it crushed a lot of websites. Yeah. Um now the so the concept of them having to deal with content at scale is is far from new. The speed at which, I think is where I don't it's going to be hard to understand how well that well prepared they are. Now the before the AI gold rush, it's obvious that content was increasing. There's all sorts of studies that say Um, You know the size of the internet doubles every year or something crazy like that And so it's not new in a variety of ways. And then the other thing is is I don't think that This is the the concept of AI is new behind the scenes. So what I mean by that is Google probably had Bard or whatever they call it Hmm. long before chat GPT because Hmm. for two reasons one I think it's pretty unlikely that they could release a product that fast. They came out with it within like three to five months.
0: It was really uh, quick, wasn't it? Really quick. Mm-hmm.
1: And so they probably had it. Now the reason why they didn't release it is because it largely destroys their revenue model. Sure. And so they didn't release it until they had to release it. So what I mean by that is Google's revenue is something like 80 to 90%, despite them having all their other products, mm. Android phones, Um, everything outside of PPC, PPC, pay-per-click revenue still produces something like 80 to 90% of their revenue. And so if you were able to just type in a query into AI and get the answer, and then it eliminates you going to the search engine and having the potential to be exposed and click on an ad that destroys their revenue. So I don't think they pushed it. It's highly likely they had something and they didn't push Hmm. it out until they were forced to push it out. So if that's true, then they. All, I'm sure that, you know, they're infinitely smarter than you and I are. Mm. And they probably had discussions about what positives and negatives come with rolling out a tool like that. Um, so there's no clear answer, but it's highly unlikely they haven't had a lot of discussions about it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the, the the ability to create millions of pieces of content a month and just throw it and just, like you say, see what sticks... I mean, it's, it's going to be easy, easy to do, and there's, we know there's a lot of marketers who like the, like the easy bit.
1: Well, think about social media. When, mm. when you look at social media and how the algorithms work on how they feature content, it's not about who posts the most. It's about who gets the most engagement. Yeah. And so when you get good engagement because of quality content, then you get rewarded. But if you mass produce content you dilute the value in the messaging and you have low engagement – you get devalued in algorithms. So that's a metric that search engines can use too. So if you have a website where people push out a hundred pieces of content a day and it gets next to no engagement versus yeah. the person that pushes out one per week, and based on the metrics of, you know, the view count to engagement, then it's really easy to see who produces quality content versus
0: quantity content. Yeah. So you think engagement is going to be kind of like, is, is, it, as, is it important now? Is it is it going to become more important?
1: It's already. I mean, it's been part of the metric for a long time. Google uses what's called bounce mm. rate, which is, yeah. uh, you know, who comes into a website, how long do they stay, and do they click on another page, or do they yeah. exit entirely? So it's
0: already a measurable metric. Yeah. Yeah. I'd we'll love to see what happens. Let's we'll just see if we're still here in, like, 12 months or, you know. I'm f- still here in 12 months. We've been fired by some <laughs> AI said, we don't need you and you're fired. you're
1: gone. My, that's pretty rough because you know <laughs> I'm self-employed, so that means I adopted the thing that
0: fired me. <laughs> <laughs> just be nice to them, nice to just say please and thank you and everything whenever yeah. you type in a prompt. Okay. I mean, do, do you think um, do you think I mean, are you looking to hire a prompt engineer? because I've heard folks hiring I mean, it does it exist? Or is it just oh. folks who just use it a lot?
1: I have, I have entertained it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do exist for sure. Lots of other people have it, but the, the reason why I haven't is, um, it bothers me enough that that would almost be downplaying the potential contributions that my existing team members could make, because that's like yeah. me saying, I don't have a, a proper knowledge set to teach my team how to do prompts. Yeah, And, and to me that, um, feels like an insult to my team uh, and so the idea of a prompt engineer I have no problem with that mm. but I for me I would rather educate my team so all of them have that skill set than to just say yeah. Yeah. you know what you're not smart enough we just got one guy that's going to do everything yeah. so like if you need a thing, ask that person. That just doesn't make sense if, for yeah. efficiency.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good plan, I think, that definitely. Um, so I could chat for hours about AI and get into self-driving cars and everything, because I'd love to see it. I mean, I live in like a little medieval town in, on the Welsh borders <laughs> in the UK. Love to see you negotiate some of the roads around here. I mean, they were built for horses. I mean, we, no chance. <laughs> um, where, can we, where can we find you, David? where's your website, social media bits?
1: Yeah, I appreciate the chat. Uh, if you go to DamonBurton.com, that'll have everything. I share my personal stories on there. Um, and if you want to learn more about SEO on there, I also have a free copy of my SEO book um, that teaches you more about this process and and how to leverage SEO for
0: your own. Fantastic. I'll put some links in the show notes and um, folks can tap on them. And um, thanks for your time, Damon. Really appreciate it. Been a pleasure. Thanks, John. Thanks again to Damon for his time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. There's lots of them, so give them a quick tap. Uh, If you've enjoyed the episode, make sure you subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google. It's everywhere. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.